Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Due dates. Hands up if you're a due date person. And by due date person, I mean you're somebody who you wait until the last possible second to put something in. Just a show of hands if that's you. There's no way it's that few people. And then, then there's the other people who get ahead of time and they're very organised and they get stuff in ahead of time. Now, look, really, there's only, there's only two kinds of people like that in the world, right? And let's call them, for example, um, Toms and Pietas. Let's just... Just hypothetically. I mean, Pietas, they're people who look at the time they have and they plan meticulously and organise in advance, getting things done step by step, stage by stage. And then they're done about a week in advance and they can go down to the beach and, you know, sip their iced oat milk lattes or whatever they're having at the time. Or let's be realistic, get started on the next project early. That's probably what's really happening with the Pietas of the world. The Toms of the world are the people who wait until the absolute last minute to get the assignment finished. Sweating bullets, constantly clock checking, slamming back multiple monster drinks at like 11pm on a Wednesday just to make sure that they can get something in on time. Just enough juice to check your references before midnight, right buddy? That's... It's all you need. It's all you need. All you need. Enough juice to get the references before midnight. Now, the beauty of this analogy is I don't really need to ask you which one you are because you already know. Everybody knows whether they're a Tom or a Pieta in this scenario. Again, just hypothetical names I pulled at random. <laughs> if you are a scrambler, a Tom, or frankly, a Mike, let's be real here, you know the problem with this. Apart from all the stress and anxiety it causes, sometimes you don't get it in on time. And there's a cost when you don't get it in on time. You get it in just after the due date, and there's a cost to that. You might lose points in your grades. You might have a failed assignment. There's always a cost for missing the due date. There's always a cost for not being positioned to succeed the way you're meant to. And so as we come to Easter Sunday, what we call Resurrection Sunday, I want to ask you this. Are you positioned now for the new day God wants to do in your life? Are you positioned right now for the new work that God wants to do in you? Or are you trapped in the old days, scrambling just to reach a due date and hoping for the best? That's what I want to ask you, because a new day has dawned over the world at Easter. A new day has dawned and an old day has died. And our choice is to ask the question of ourselves, are we ready? Are we ready? So let's go into the Scriptures today. Because today's teaching text is a miracle. It is the miracle, capital M. We can't ever overlook this. Jesus is physically resurrected from the grave. He is alive. Amen? So good. But the passage doesn't start with Jesus alive. The passage starts with the Marys, Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany, coming to the tomb early in the morning. They have spent the Sabbath, probably the worst rest day of all time. They've spent the Sabbath grieving and thinking and praying, and they come back to the tomb, not to witness a miracle, but to process their grief. They don't come to witness a miracle. They come to prepare a body for a funeral. They're ready, they're prepared, they're positioned, but not for a resurrection. They're prepared for a burial, for a funeral, but they are prepared. 
But as they arrive, so does a miracle. A violent earthquake shakes the ground and the guards faint in fear as a majestic angel appears, approaches the tomb, rolls away the stone and then sits on it right in front of them. Now this is so powerful, but it's so tangible. And you've got to catch this church. The angel sits on the tomb because the supernatural is invading the natural. The metaphysical is invading the physical. The kingdom of God is invading the earth. So the spiritual is coming and physically touching the things of earth and it's a sign for what's still to come in this passage so good the guards faint with fear but the marys don't that's always a plus by the way when you're like a stay-at-home mum and these like big military types are fainting in fear and you're like well i'm fine with this but that's all right they're the real winners here there's something about these two women there's something about them they weren't expecting an angelic encounter but unlike the guards they were faith-filled They were positioned to deal with it. And so the angel tells them not to fear and then delivers the good news. Jesus is risen. He is alive. He says this, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he is risen just as he said. Come and see where he lay. So Mary Magdalene and Mary Bethany, they're they're positioned to hear the angel. They're positioned for a miracle to erupt in their lives because they're faithful Even though they didn't necessarily believe that Jesus would be resurrected, they trusted in his word. Now catch that. There's something, it feels counterintuitive, those two things together. But both those things are true in the case of these two women. And so the angel says it to them. He has done what he said he would do. Jesus said it. He called his own shot. I'm going to rise from the grave. That's pretty impressive. Like there's predictions and then there's predictions. I'm going to rise from the grave. He calls it and then he does it. He does what he says he would do. It is finished. And so the angel brings them to the cave, shows them definitive proof, Jesus' grave clothes in an empty tomb and sends them away with a mission to tell the disciples, Jesus has risen from the dead. The angel says it again. Why does he say it again? Well, because when it's something like that, you want to hear it twice, frankly. Like if someone's going to tell you somebody has been resurrected from the grave, you want to hear that twice just to let it sink in and believe it. And then he tells them not to fear again. But that's not quite so easy to dismiss. The fear of meeting an angel, that's not quite so easy to get rid of. The fear of having your hopes raised and then dashed again. The fear that the old day, your old life, your old struggles have sunk deep into your bones. Fear spreads, church. It contaminates. It's a faith blocker in people. Fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty, fear of looking like a fool. Maybe biggest of all, fear of death. What's on the other side? And so with all these fears, they still obey the angel. They run to tell the disciples with fear, but also with great joy. And they dare to feel the joy. They dare to believe it. They dare to dream about it. Could this be reality? Could Jesus have really risen from the dead? They run towards the disciples, fears mixing with their hopes. And I've got no doubt that the Marys, much like us today, would have asked the question, what if if he didn't? What, What if he didn't? What if this is all a hoax? What if this is fake? 
What if we are running after nothing and, and we're just trying to convince ourselves? These doubts would have been mixed in their minds as they ran to meet the disciples, as they run from the empty grave, fighting with each other, fears and hopes, fears and hopes, mixed together, fighting. And these faithful women are doing what the angel told them. They're running to share the good news when unexpectedly Jesus meets them on the way. I can't tell you how many times Jesus has met me on the way as opposed to some destination I think I'm going to. Just the other day, I was going to a prayer breakfast because I'm a pastor and that's the sort of social event we get invited to. And uh, as I went to this prayer breakfast, I had my Bible with me because it's, it's a prayer breakfast, you know. And I was like, yeah. And I, went, I got out of the car with my Bible and I just sensed in my spirit, just, just put it back in the car. I was like, I, no, it's a prayer breakfast. I've got my Bible. This is what I want to bring. It makes sense. I just sensed in my spirit again, put it back in the car. So I put it back in the car. I shut the door. I walked away. I was like, nah, I really want to take it though. So I went back to the car, took it again, felt it again. I was like, put it back in the car, shut the door, took two steps and was like, nah, I definitely want to take it though. (laughs) Went back to the car a third time, took the Bible and I sensed God so clearly just saying, put it back in the car. It's going to be more out of place than you think. I was like, at a prayer breakfast? Really? So I put it in the car and I shut the door and I went to the prayer breakfast and it's just a handful of, of parents, of, of people who were, who were just there early in the morning, just shorts and t-shirt kind of deal, very casual. It would have looked super pretentious, super out of place. And there was just something about that. Now, was that a big deal? No. If I'd brought the Bible, it would have been the end of the world? Absolutely not. It wasn't about that. It was about obedience to the voice of God interrupting us on the way. Church, so often we get excited about this idea that we're going to get somewhere and then Jesus will meet us. Maybe for some of you it's a spiritual experience. You've been waiting for this spiritual experience. You're like, I'm going to get there and when I get there, then God's real. Then he's going to impact my life. For some, of, some others of you in the room, it's, it's proof. It's like this definitive proof about the existence of God. I'm going to get there and then I'll believe That's not how it works. Jesus meets us on the way. In the midst of our mess, in the midst of our struggle, Jesus meets us on the way. And the question is, are we ready? Are we positioned to hear him? Or are we so desperate to get where we think we should go that we can't listen for the interruption of the voice of God? That's what the Marys were asking on this morning. Jesus meets the Marys on the way. He greets them personally and they throw themselves at his feet in worship. And you've got to catch what else they did here. They throw themselves at his feet and grab hold of his feet. Now, why do you think they did that? Because even though they're overjoyed, even though their hopes are raised, there's a part of them that is like, I need to know for sure that Jesus is really here, that I'm not hallucinating. Is this my Lord? They grab him physically. As their proof, it wasn't just the grave clothes, it wasn't just the angel, it was the physical body of Jesus that proved it to them. Jesus was here and they threw themselves at his feet in worship. And Jesus reminded them that they had a mission. He greeted them and he says, guys, you've got a mission. I want to send you on. I want to send you on. That fear and joy mixed together, it's just joy now. It's just joy. Perfect love has turned up and cast out all fear. It's just the joy. They've seen their Saviour face to face. 
They have seen their resurrected Lord. They've held his feet physically. They've heard his voice audibly. There is a miracle happening. Jesus is physically alive again. Death can't hold him down. The supernatural has broken into the natural world. The kingdom of God is breaking out. And so they go and the disciples believe their testimony, which is low-key another miracle. And they go to Galilee and the world has never been the same. And that's not what I came here to tell you this morning. That's not what I came here to tell you this morning. See, this resurrection story begins with one very simple thing. Mary Magdalene and Mary Bethany positioned at the tomb. They were positioned at the tomb. All they knew was they wanted to be near Jesus. They wanted to bless his body, to prepare it for burial. Their faith and love led them to the tomb. And then the angel spoke. The angel said, Jesus is alive. He's done what he said he would do. And they believed him and they ran to the disciples. And then they met Jesus. Are you catching this yet, church? Church, you need to be positioned in faith before you encounter Jesus. The encounter you want, you've got to be ready for. You've got to begin running towards it before it happens. Jesus is going to meet you on the way. You can't just sit down in your seat going, well, he's going to meet me here or that's it. Like, He's God. You're not. It's not going to work that simply. Jesus is going to meet you on the way. Mary of Bethany and Mary Magdalene, why did they meet Jesus first? Because they were positioned to do so. They were the only ones full of faith coming to the tomb saying, Jesus is dead, but God is real. Jesus is dead, but God is alive. I, I don't know what's going on right now, but I'm going to honour my Lord. I'm going to honour my King. And they get there and the miracle begins to unfold. The angel comes after the act of faith. They obey the angel. Jesus comes after the obedience. The obedience comes before the miracle. And in your life, You've got to choose between faith and fear, between obedience and miracle or rebellion and the ordinary. We've all got to choose that. We've all got to choose that for ourselves. But their faith went before them. Their faith positioned them to be the first to see Jesus. They were terrified, fear threatening to overwhelm them. Fear about whether Jesus was alive, fear of what would happen to them, fear of what the disciples would say and think and believe. Friday night, I spoke at our beautiful Good Friday service about what needs to die in your life because Jesus has died to set you free, but you've got to choose to walk in that freedom. You've got to choose that part for yourself. But Resurrection Sunday is different. Now that our sin has been nailed to the cross, now that our brokenness has been made whole, How do you need to position yourself to see God's new day dawn in your life? How do you need to position yourself so that you are filled with faith and not fear, life and not doubt? It's time for the fear to die in our lives, church. There's a new day dawning if we let it. The Spirit of God is here in this place, even now, washing over us. I talked um, earlier about the Toms and Pietas and sort of made that joke. There's actually a third kind of people when it comes to Judaism. There's people who rush and get in at the last second. There's people who get there and uh, they've planned it well in advance and it's all organised. Really, I'm talking about people who are positioned and not positioned, prepared and unprepared. There is a third kind. There's a kind that looks at the Judaism says it's impossible and gives up. 
There is a kind that looks at what the deadline is and says, nah, can't be done. And they turn around and walk away. And in this reality, what happens when we apply it to our faith is we begin to say through our human eyes, this is what we understand. This is what God is able to be because that is the scope of my experiences personally. And if God does not exactly fit those experiences, God is not God. But what we do in that scenario is we make ourselves God. We're not allowing God to be God at all. We become God. We take our fear and we use it to shape God in our image, even though we're desperate to be broken free of our fear. Whereas the Marys, Mary Magdalene, Mary Bethany, they didn't have anything. They weren't wealthy. They weren't highly esteemed. They didn't have any position in society. But they had faith. They had faith enough to go ahead of where God was going. They had faith enough to pray and believe that God would do what he said he would do. And as a new day dawns this Easter, as the resurrection life begins to unfold around us, we've got to ask ourselves, are are we ready? Are we ready for what God wants to do? Are we actually positioned for new life? Or are we comfortable just getting by? God's got a mission and he needs a church who's going to be ready. God's got a new day and that new day is about banishing fear. See, really, this whole new day dawning thing, when you boil it down to two things, this old day and new day is about faith and fear. The old day is about a life filled with fear, a life that we shape ourselves, a life where we're limited by our past, by our experiences, by our beliefs, by what we can imagine. But the new day is about faith. It's about faith in the impossible. It's about faith in the resurrection of God. So if you're here and you're that third kind of person, that deadline person where you look at it and you go, it's impossible. I need more proof. Can't be done. I just want to ask you, maybe it isn't. Maybe none of this is true. Maybe this is all spiritual wish fulfillment and that billions of Christians and thousands of years of theological reflection, are maybe it's all false. But what if it isn't? See, if it is, if it is all fake, we know how that looks. We get by as best we can. We cobble together this piecemeal life that we hope gets us by. We get through from weekend to weekend, just eking our way through the working week, filled with dread and weariness and pain. We build a set of morality around our own framework. We decide that we're going to live a good life, whatever that means. What it means is we want to justify our own behaviour. We put that together and then we say, that's life. What's at the end of it? Nothing. Oblivion. I guess that's one view on life. To me, it's a bit bleak. To me, I look at the resurrected Jesus and I see a different view on life. See, that's what if he didn't rise again? But what if he did? What if he did? What if what he comes to offer you is life in abundance? What if he comes to offer forgiveness? What if he comes to offer freedom from your anxieties, your brokenness, everything that has threatened to overwhelm you, everything that 2020 has shone a giant, unfortunate spotlight on and you've been dying to get away from? What if he did? That's what is set before us today, church. Fear and faith, old day and new day. What are we positioned for? So as we come to this moment of worship, as we come to 
as we come to this close, I just want to finish by just just busting a myth about Christianity. Because I think, you know, you might be here and, and you're here because somebody's dragged you along and or you feel like it's Easter, I should probably get to church, you know. I get it. It's all good. But I just want to say for a lot of a lot of people like that, you might have come in the room and and you feel like, ah, oh, yeah, I get what Christianity is about. It's about being a good person and, and believing in God. Like, no, it's not, actually. Not at all. See, Christianity is is not the theme of footloose, right? No drinking, no swearing, no dancing. Like it's not this is not what it's about. It's not about taking bad people and turning them good so we can pat ourselves on the back about how good we are. Christianity is about taking the dead and bringing them back to life. It's about taking us who were dead in our sins and bringing them back to life. This is what Ephesians 2 says about this. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked. You didn't have a hope. You weren't righteous before God, neither was I. Dead in our transgressions and sins. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in sin. You're saved by grace. Friends, what if he did? What if he rose from the grave? Because if he did, that changes everything. Changes everything about your life, how you lead it and who you live it for. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.